You're listening to the Paradox Church Podcast. Paradox Church is a Jesus-centered community where our motto is, Come as you are, no perfect people allowed. For more information about our service times, location, and to get connected with us, please visit our website at www.paradoxchurch.com. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, good morning and welcome to Paradox Church Online. My name is Dave Kubiak. I am one of the pastors here at Paradox, and I just want to welcome you, especially if you are finding us here again for the first time after Easter. Welcome. We're so glad that you're here with us, joining us online this morning. We are starting a brand new series this morning called Outside the Box. Now, after Jesus died and rose again, which is what we celebrate on Easter, There is a book of the Bible called Acts that tells the story of the early church. And in so many ways, the story of the early church mirrors exactly where we're at right now as a country, as people, as a church. And we wanted to share a little bit with you about that here in this series. In Acts 2, there's this group of Jesus' followers who are all huddled together in the same place. Jesus says, hey, I rose from the dead, but I want you to go to Jerusalem, wait there, and I'm going to tell you what to do. There's still so much uncertainty. They don't know exactly what's going to happen or when, but then something happens. Something happens that sends them outside of the box and into this time when they go from a come and see experience of God to now being sent to go and be. Go and be people of God. Go and be the message. Go and be love. Go and be the church. As we start into this new series called Outside of the Box, we're going to be going through the book of Acts together. It's the story of the earliest church, and we're going to look at what it means to be church without buildings, without services, without so many of the things that we've come to know and expect in our current experience here. Before we get too far, though, I want to help you stay connected here at Paradox, and you will find everything that you need, updates, information, everything that you need to know on the links right over to my left if you are joining us on Facebook Live this morning or at paradoxchurch.com if you are watching and listening later on. I also want to invite you to do something that's never been easier, and that is invite someone to church with you. There is a button. It says share right over there near the comments. And I just want to say, hey, would you do us a favor and hit that right now? Share what we're doing. Invite somebody to join with you. I had several people reach out to me last week and and join us for our Easter service. Many for the very first time They loved it. We loved having you join us and be with us. Uh, We've had new Hangouts on Google Hangouts start up uh, over the last last week or so, and it's amazing. All we have to do is ask, make that invitation, share what's going on. I want to challenge you. Over the course of this series, would you consider inviting five people intentionally, consistently, invite them to come and check out what God is doing here at Paradox online. We're also going to take a moment just to take our offering. Again, it is your faithful giving that helps us to stay on mission here at Paradox by providing help and hope and a home to so many. And if you appreciate what we've been doing here on Sunday mornings and throughout the week, 
for kids, for adults, for people that have never been to church before, uh, we would appreciate your support. You can set that up online at paradoxchurch.com forward slash give. You could even do that right now. Again, we are so very thankful and appreciative of that and your support. Well, I want to ask you, have you ever heard someone say, maybe to you, you had one job, one job. Now, typically when that is said, it is when you or some other person has failed at that one job, which prompts somebody to say, come on, you had one job, right? Usually that gets said to me, at least right now, when I am sent out of the house to find one simple item like milk. Will you grab this on the way home from somewhere, right? And I definitely remember to go, but I usually come back with Nutty Buddies, home improvement things, all kinds of really good, helpful things, except for that one thing. Dave, you had one job, right? And at the end of Luke, uh, which is the story of Jesus's life, his teaching, his death, and his resurrection, Jesus resurrects from the dead, and he tells his followers to go to Jerusalem and wait for further instructions. And before he leaves earth to ascend back to heaven, physically, bodily, visibly, he says this to his followers in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. Stop on that word, witnesses. In Jerusalem, in all of Judea, in all of Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This is a God who is risen from the box and is now sending his followers outside of the box to be his witnesses in places and ways that they never would have imagined or thought possible. Witnesses. What's a witness? A witness is someone who simply tells what they saw and what they heard. And what Jesus says to his followers is, I just want you to tell about my life, my teachings, the things that you saw, the things that you heard, the way that you saw me interact with people, the way that you saw me welcome children and outcasts, outside of the box people. Every single one of these examples, Jesus' followers would have looked back and said, you know what? They were examples of love. Jesus said and taught love. It was his one thing. He says that it's our one job. He says so himself in Matthew 22, verse 36 to 39. When he's asked, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Perhaps you've heard this before. Jesus responds and says to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Now you might say, Dave, you said we have one job. That sounds like two. Learn to count, man. Well, I may not be a mathematician, but here's what I do know. In a whole lot of ways, this is much less a list of commandments, but more a natural progression, an outflow. I want you to love God, Jesus says, and because you do, when you do, the natural overflow of that will be 
that you will love people. It's very similar. You could even say, and Jesus does say later on, that you love God by loving your neighbor. Now, there's a difficult part of that because if our one job as Christians, followers of Jesus, is to love God and in doing so, love other people, followers of Jesus are not always known for our love. In fact, in a lot of ways, followers of Jesus sometimes are known more for hate or judgment, political parties, protests. We're known more for what we're against than who or what we're actually for. And we end up forgetting that one thing and focusing on a lot of the wrong things. As a consequence, Jesus' life and his message of love end up staying in the box. People reject Jesus because of their experience with his followers. Jesus gives his followers, so an outside-of-the-box mission. It's not business as usual. But to accomplish it, we need an outside-the-box method. Today, I want to invite us, in the same way that Jesus invites us, to live this great commission, to go and be his witnesses outside of the box, everywhere, by making love our great commandment, our one thing. So what does that look like in real life, right? What does something as undefined as love look like? And how did the earliest church who is doing this out-of-the-box mission in outside-the-box ways actually live that out? Did they preach, which is usually what we think of? Yes, they preached. And we're going to talk a little bit about our story and how our influence comes out in our story next week. But most of all, they lived out a message of love, outside the box love, like nothing anyone had ever seen before. This was not inside the box. This was not religion. This was a radical new way of love. In Acts 2, verse 42 to 43, it says that the earliest church, Jesus's followers, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. The first thing that I notice about this is that if we're going to accomplish this outside the box mission that Jesus gives us, then we need outside of the box love and outside the box love is not developed casually. So many times in our culture, we approach relationships and love from a casual place, but outside the box love actually takes devotion. The early church was devoted to many things, to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking bread together in homes, to prayer. But see, we oftentimes believe in and desire the casual relationships, the effortless but it takes effort to get to the effortless. As I think back on, on how I met and became friends with some of my best and closest friends, my, my love, my partner in life, Gwen, I, see, we think about all the wow moments, right? And that's in there. Awe is coming upon every soul. We have these emotional highs where everything just seems to click and it's easy and it works and it's good, right? 
It feels effortless and we want that easy and we want it now. But the effortless always requires an effort. At some point, in order to get to that place of effortlessness, it's tough to say, we had to make an effort. You had to get the number. You had to ask to hang out. You had to go on the date. In our relationships, in our love, we want to stumble upon it. We want to just let it happen. But then we wonder why we don't have the relationships that we desire. No one accidentally falls in love. No one accidentally becomes close. Think about this with the people that you love the most. Love is not a casual affair. It requires intentionality. It requires consistency. Outside of the box, love must be developed through devotion. Just like the early church devoting themselves, not just in the highs, not just because of the good things that are happening, but it's almost this cycle where because we're devoted, we get to see the highs and the highs drive us to greater levels of devotion that sometimes go through the depths, the lows, the struggle, the hardship. That is when love truly deepens and forms. In my relationship with Gwen, I show my devotion to her. She shows her devotion to me through devotion. That's how we show it. I devote my time. I devote my energy. I devote my resources. Without that devotion, you could question my devotion. So what does all this devotion look like? What does it actually mean? I've found in my life that the best way to be devoted to something or someone is to put it on the calendar. Put it on the calendar. That requires making a commitment, right? There is this this season that we're in right now of staying inside of the box. We're quarantined. We have to stay home and stay safe. But that doesn't mean that we can't love in outside of the box ways. Here's what it could look like. You want to see your relationship with, with God grow, your love for God grow outside of the box that you're currently in? I want to challenge you. What if you took a 30 by 30 challenge and put a time on the calendar over the next 30 days, the next month, that you were going to spend some time with God. You were going to work up towards 30 minutes a day. You would be devoted to that. That's actually what some people call it, is devotions. What if you devoted yourself to loving God, that first and greatest commandment, over the next 30 days for 30 minutes a day? When would that be? What would it look like? Where would you go? Put that on the calendar. Make it a priority Devote yourself to it. Here's the second idea. Put church on the calendar. Instead of just noticing when when you kind of go by it in your Facebook feed, which is great. We're so glad. If that's how you found us, we're really, really glad. But we do this every single Sunday. What if you devoted yourself to being here with us live in those times? If you want your relationships with others to grow outside of the box, your love for people, to grow outside of the box in this time? What if you created a prayer or a care calendar if you're not comfortable or familiar with prayer just yet? Here's what that looks like. It looks like saying, these are the people that I am going to be checking in on on a daily basis, right? Maybe on Monday, you have five, you have five people. That invite five challenge, 
you select five people that on Monday, you're going to check in on one, Tuesday, another. And every five days, that repeats. You just say, how are you doing? Is there anything you need? I love you. I want to encourage you. How can I support you? How can I pray for you in this time? Make a prayer calendar and devote yourself to those people by devoting yourself to prayer and care for them intentionally and consistently. Here's another idea. You can make some plans. I know that sounds crazy for so many of us, especially us millennials. We don't love making plans because something better might come up. But let me tell you, all of my best relationships come because I have been devoted to them. I've made plans. I've committed to them. Every Wednesday night, I have a date with Gwen. It doesn't always look fancy. We don't always go out, but we are devoting ourselves to each other by making a plan with one another. We hung out with, with two of our friends, Rory and Holly, the other night. It had to get on the calendar because if it didn't, it would not have happened. I would have just sat down on the couch and watched more of the office reruns right? I've got a Bible study that's going on on Thursday morning with some guys. If that wasn't on, on my calendar, I would not be up and in front of my computer at 6.30 in the morning. Cigars every Sunday night. It's just a thing that me and some, of the, some other guys, some of my friends do. You can always join us on things like that as well. But so many times it doesn't happen because we're not devoted to it. It's not on the calendar. I need people that are depending on me being there if I want people in my life that I can depend on. And that takes devotion. Outside the box is not casual. It's developed with intentionality, with consistency. It requires devotion. There's a question for you today. Who or what are you most devoted to right now? Is it TV? Is it sleep? Is it work? Is it kids? Whatever it is, is it the thing that you want most to be devoted to? The story goes on. In Acts 2, verse 44 to 45, it says that all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they're selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Here's the next thing that I notice. So many of our relationships, so much of our love today in our culture is driven by consumption. But outside the box, love is not driven by consumption. It's not a consumer relationship. No, quite the opposite. It takes distribution, demonstration. Virtually every relationship that we have is a consumer relationship. What can you do for me? What have you done lately for me? But we cannot love God by consuming spiritual things. We try to. We go to more services. We go to more Bible studies. We listen to more worship music. We read more Christian books. We go to more Christian conferences. We think that if we can just consume more spiritual and religious goods, then we will love God more. But you will never consume your way to love. The Bible actually says that loving people, giving to them, not consuming, taking from them, or getting something from them is directly related to loving God. We can't do one without the other. 1 John 4 verse 20 says it this way. 
If anyone says, I love God, but hates his brother, he's a liar. Those are no uncertain terms. The Bible is not mincing words here. He's a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. Sorry, his brother who he has seen. Here's what the Bible is saying. So many people that I meet say, yeah, I love God, but the church, not so much. People, not so much. I don't really like to live in community. There are so many things all throughout the pages of scripture that start with that word love, and you cannot love in isolation. You can't love God without loving people. Now, you you might say, you know, like, well, that's not what it says, really. It says that you can't love God and hate your brother, and I don't hate anyone. I I kind of have this general feeling of love, right? I I want to submit to you that that is a very low bar for what love actually is. Can you imagine if we settled for this in all of our relationships? If I went home to Gwen and I said, hey, Gwen, I just want to let you know that I don't hate you. No, that's not what we're after at all in our relationships. That's not love. You don't love God and people by not hating them. You love them by, this might seem obvious, loving them. And love must be demonstrated. That's what the Bible tells us. That's what we know that Jesus did for us. Romans 5, 8 says that God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God didn't just sit up in the sky having good, positive vibes for us, having loving feelings. No, he demonstrates his love for us in this. He sent Jesus, gave us a gift of eternal life in him. He demonstrated his love for us. God loves us, so he did something about it. We say that we love God. What are we doing about that? Outside of the box, love for God is demonstrated in love for others. You can't have one without the other. The one directly leads to the other. How do we know that? Well, Jesus himself says it in Matthew 25, verse 34 to 40. Then the king, that's Jesus, will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Now, you might be like this next group of people that says, uh, called the righteous here, those that have done these things that answered Jesus saying, Lord, when when did we do any of that? When did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you a drink? When, When did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison or visit you? How can we even possibly do that for God? Then the king will answer them. And here's the key. Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brothers, you did it to me. We love God by loving people. We demonstrate our love for God by loving others. We're seeing that all over the place right now. From chalk on the sidewalks 
to signs at the hospital, to food being delivered, masks being sewn, the simple phone calls made to check in on people that we care about. We even see this in money being given. I want to tell you, when you give here at Paradox, you help us to provide help to those who need it most. Our regular ministries, our providing of care, finding, helping people find hope and help and homes in this time. Even over the last few weeks, we've had the opportunity to serve food to people that need it by giving volunteers. We're, we're partnering with the Salvation Army, with Gleaners. We, we're offering help personally at paradoxchurch.com forward slash updates, where if you know of someone or need help yourself, you could go there, fill out that form, and we would be glad to demonstrate our love for you, God's love for you, by offering help. We're even making plans, and we're so excited about this. Over the course of the next week, we are going to be partnering with FLAG Metro Detroit. FLAG stands for Frontline Appreciation Group to provide meals to those who are on the front lines, our first responders, those that are working in hospitals. And we are so humbled by your service and thankful for you. And we're honored to be able to love you in this way. Here's how you'll be able to help if you want to. You can go to paradoxchurch.com forward slash give and select frontline appreciation from that drop down this menu. What we're going to be doing is we are going to be partnering up with local small businesses who are going to provide the food. So it's a win-win-win. We're going to be providing help to small businesses who are helping our first responders and those on the front line. Um, and we're going to be starting with Ascension Hospital right here in Warren. And it's such a great opportunity for us to give help to show love because outside the box love is not consumer driven. It's not about what we get and what we receive. It requires demonstration. I want to ask you how and when, where are you distributing to those who have need among you, those that are in your life? The third thing is this, outside of the box love is not dependent upon convenience. So many of our relationships now are dependent upon the convenience. If I can make it, if I've got nothing else going on, I'll respond maybe to your Facebook invite. But listen to Acts 2 verse 46. Day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. Did you catch that phrase? Outside of the box, love happens day by day. It is an everyday thing, not just at church, not just for an hour on Sunday. You no, know, it happens along the way in our day-to-day -day life. 1 Thessalonians 2, 8 says, so being affectionately desirous of you, right? This is the kind of love we want. These are the kinds of relationships we want to have. We want to say, hey, I'm so affectionate for you. I desire to be with you. And so many of us are feeling that right now. It says, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God. It's not just love to preach or to share good news, but we also share ourselves, our lives, because you had become very dear, dear to us. That is actually how people become very dear to us. 
not just at the meeting, not just at church, but when we share our lives, when we invite others in to the day to day. We are so blessed to have people in our lives that are doing that for us. I think of Tuesday, our neighbor that comes over and literally brings Christmas the other day as it was snowing, right? There's so much depression when you get snow in April on top of a quarantine that is just being kicked when you're down. It's not cute anymore. It's like a 40-year-old in diapers. It's not cute. We're done with that snow. But on that day, Tuesday and our kids bring over Christmas. I've got friends, John Bloxham, that offers to help me with projects that I'm in way over my head on. I think of my mom that is being there for a friend who lost someone dear to her over the course of the last week. And on Easter, we had the opportunity to show up at my great at my grandpa's house, my kid's great grandpa, because he can't leave right now. He's in a retirement home and he's locked up in his room and us showing up with a sign outside of his window for even 15 minutes meant the world to him. We became dear to him as we showed him that he was dear dear to us. And all it took was to go out of our way a little bit along the way of our normal lives. That's what the church has always done. That's what outside the box love is all about. Look at this story from Acts chapter three, verses one to eight. Just after what we, we just read, it says that Peter and John are going up to their temple. This is their normal routine. They're doing it day by day at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid again daily. This is normal, routine. It's not outside the box at all. At the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he has to receive, all, receive alms. And Peter, this is beautiful, directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. Wouldn't it be beautiful if we looked at the needs as a church, if we looked at the needs of the people around us who we love, and they expected to receive something from us, because we are followers of Jesus. Peter says, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. We don't have to give everything. We don't have to solve all of the world's problems. All we're called to do is give away what we do have, what we are able to. How can we go out of our way a little bit along the way? He takes him by the right hand and raises him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. Isn't it beautiful how that happens? Sometimes what we think isn't a lot actually strengthens and heals and brings life in ways that we could not imagine. Sometimes it's even better than the thing we thought we wanted or were expecting to receive. Leaping up, he stood up and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. What if someone else's praise is dependent upon your love, you going out of the way, you showing outside of the box love. In the way of Peter and John, when we direct our gaze at, at those in our lives, when we look and really see the way that we can meet needs, serve, show love, demonstrate to people, and it all happens along the way, 
when we see people in the day to day, it strengthens them. It, it makes other people want to praise God for us. So small actions along the way that mean so much to people, but they're not convenient. Just because it happens in the simple, in the daily, doesn't mean that it is easy or convenient. It requires a choice and it requires the day to day. It requires going out of our way along the way. I wanna ask you, how can you show love to someone along your way in the day to day this week? I want to encourage you because we have some ideas for you. Uh, if you go to paradoxchurch.com forward slash the box, all right, you're going to want to get into this box so that you can get outside of the box in your day-to-day life because everybody wants to be loved. But paradox, today I want to challenge you to go and be love. In just a few moments, we're going to close with a song. But I want to let you know that there are those that are ready to show you love by praying for you about anything that you might need. If you want to talk to someone, if you want to find hope or help in some way or even a home, you can do that at paradoxchurch.com forward slash updates or by texting pray to the number on your screen right now. I just want to remind you, we have an outside the box God who loves outside of the box people and sends us to love others in outside the box ways. Will you pray with me? Father God, we thank you for sending Jesus to demonstrate your love for us. And I pray that any one of us that needs to receive your love, who needs to be seen by you, strengthened and healed and find hope and help in our time of need, God, would find it in you right now today. God, thank you for loving us so much that you sent your son, Jesus. And I pray that as we receive your love, that our love for you would grow, that our thankfulness for what you've done for us would grow into an outside-the-box love for others. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Paradox Church Podcast. If you want more information about us or to just get connected, please visit our website at www.paradoxchurch.com. We would love to hear from you.